Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News. Happy President's Day out there. Oh, I know, it's the holiday literally nobody cares about. Are you buying a mattress or a flat-screen TV? Well, join us. Tonight's a new episode of Bachelor. We have some previews and all of the day's clips brought to you right here in this neat little thing we call Bachelor Rush Hour. Let's do it. Okay, as always, it's your boy Dave Neal, and we've got uh, some content to get to. I've got two featured clips I'm going to share for you. We have Becca Martinez on her YouTube channel describing why she decided to leave Chatty Broads, the podcast. You know, tomorrow I'm going to be going on the new iteration of Chatty Broads. It's called Your Mom and Dad's Podcast. Do I have that right? And it's going to be with Jess and her husband, and I cannot wait to chat with them. More on that later. In the last clip of the day, we're going to share what Nick Vial has to say with regards to the breakup of Nate and Michelle. Now, this is a fun thing that goes down in Bachelor Nation where we'll have a breakup and everyone keeps their peace and their uh, serenity and nobody throws the other under the bus and then eventually somebody talks, somebody responds and then the tea's finally spilled. We're going to get to that tea today, alright folks? Let's do it. This is a nice blue collar soundtrack to start the week over here at Bachelor Rush Hour. If you are new to the channel, we only started a few months ago, quickly became a top 10 entertainment news podcast, all because of you guys and your thirst for daily news. I know, listen, I get it. We can't all listen to every episode of Bachelor Happy Hour. At least that's not happening in my book. So we compile all the news and give you the spark notes, the biggest, the best, and everything in between. And of course, on days where we have an episode like tonight, we're going to just cut to the chase and play a couple previews of tonight's episode. So let's go to the Bachelor Instagram page and listen to their preview of tonight's episode of The Bachelor. The Bachelor touches down in London town. Hello, Zachary. Would you like to kiss me? But who won't keep calm? Today is Zach's worst nightmare. And carry on. I'm going to hyperventilate. The Bachelor touches down. All right, so obviously not much to show there. I, I thought it would be a little bit longer. But here we have The Bachelor explaining the one of the dates that'll happen tonight, which is Gabby's date, and they call it the um they call it the uh, Game of Roses calls it the coveted pretty woman date. And that's where they take one lady out and she gets all like Rachel uh, Kirkconnell had that on Matt James season. She gets uh, the company credit card and she gets wined and dined. So here's the tra- the trailer for that. Yeah. Gabby and I are literally living like royals. It's the ultimate royal experience. Thank you. I'm so excited for it. Hey. Hey, yeah. Good Hello. to see you. Well, welcome. So my name's Grant Harold and I'm known as the Royal Butler. Grant was literally King Charles Butler and we're getting the full royal treatment. Whoa! Can you just put this on on just for funsies? Oh, oh, this goes over the face. You look so fabulous. She has her personality and she's so fun and funny, which is something I just really admire. I pulled a few strings and I've got somebody I'd like to introduce you to. Oh. The Courtney! All of a sudden, the royal family's corgis run in. Oh, hi. Aww. You have a little crown on your head. Oh, there it is. All right, so I'm going to just stop the trailer there because it's obviously just a whole bunch of things you're going to see tonight, but it looks like fun. Now, I don't know when it comes to, I don't know, can can London follow the Bahamas? You know, you go to the Bahamas, you get all this beautiful tan, you get used to that climate, and all of a sudden it's just 
tea and crumpets in a very cold environment. We'll have to see how it all goes down. Gabby, of course, a late bloomer on Zach's season of The Bachelor. She was one of the last ones to even get a conversation, let alone a smooch. And now she receives the coveted Pretty Woman date on tonight's episode. So if you want to see the commentary of those that see uh, the Bachelor as a game, of course, go to Game of Roses Pod. That's where they have all that content. Good friends of the show. All right, in non-Bachelor news, can you believe it? Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox uh, may have called it quits, although Megan is now turning, uh, she's denying all of the cheating and breakup rumors. I got to tell you, Megan Fox is an iconic staple in my uh, sort of cinematic journey from the Transformers movie. You know, she was just a bombshell on top of a bomb. And of course, she had other uh, movies that were critically acclaimed that didn't necessarily kill at the box office. But this relationship with Machine Gun Kelly kind of feels li- a little Billy Bob Thornton, um, uh, Angelina Jolie, right? But of course, Megan um, uh, turned, uh, you know, uh, with all the rumors that are flying about her relationship, she posted this on Instagram. There has been no third party reference in this relationship of any kind. That includes, but is not limited to, actual humans, DMs, or AI bots, or succubus demons. While I do hate to rob you of running random baseless news stories that would have been more accurately written by chat GPT, you need to let this story die and leave all these innocent people alone now. The actress who ended her post with a prayer heart or hand and a purple heart emoji turned off comments and set the number of followed accounts to zero. So yeah, we'll have to see how that relationship goes. And in other relationships in the Bachelor world, um, no, no, no news with Kelly Flanagan and Pilot Pete, although it has been reported reported that uh, Peter Weber's mom has unfollowed Kelly. So not sure if there's any uh, juice to that story, but w- our eyes are peeled, our ears are uh, on the gr- on the ground listening to what goes down next in that relationship. Uh, it, it is very rare that we go as long as we've gone without a bachelor breakup. We haven't had any big news since Victoria Fuller decided to uh, punch her passport, if you will, and uh, take a trip to Sicily. All right. But anyway, I've got two, like I said, two pieces of content for you today. I got to respect Becca. She decided to walk away from the Chatty Broads podcast, even though it was making her a ton of money. Jess is kind of the technical brainchild from that podcast where I believe I could be wrong. Correct me if I am. Jess, uh, it was, was um, the person in charge of sponsors and post-production and, and the filmography and the editing of everything. And I think uh, Becca just had to be a, you know, a host a couple hours a week. Look, I don't blame her for walking away. I'm just surprised. Here's what she has to say about leaving the show and also listen to what she has to say about the state of her relationship and wedding planning. Have a listen. And not podcasting anymore. Do you miss it? Will either, if someone asked, will either of you podcast again? Honestly, I don't know. Really? Yeah, I don't know. What I miss most, honestly, is seeing Evan and Jess, like, regularly. Yeah, dude, it's like a built-in. I love that every week is, like, built-in hangout. Yeah. Because, like, one of the hardest parts of being a parent and managing work, you really don't prioritize socializing in the same way anymore. At least we don't. Yeah, podcasting has become the sandbox that people play in as adults. It's hard to like separate business from pleasure. Uh, so it's like, are there, there, chances are they're just not going to see Jess and Evan as much. Now, Grayson on the left here, he looks like he was held hostage in this video. Like she's like, and every guy's been there, a lady, where you're like, your partner wants to make a video and like you're trying to watch the game and they're like, just come out, it'll take three minutes. And like three hours later, you're like, 
yeah, oh, this stinks. But anyway, that's the body language. Well, it's just hard to. Yeah. yeah. So it was like scheduled time to see friends, but it is really nice reclaiming all of that time. Right now, I have no desire to sacrifice that again. I mean, we're do I guess we're doing this right now, but something about it just feels, I don't know. Like I've, I've, First of all, I have to say, Gray, you've been so supportive of me wanting to start doing vlogging and YouTube again. She was like, my hype man, like, this is gonna blow up. Like, people are gonna love this. I was like, well, you know, I've gotten like 5,000 views, but I still appreciate the hype. And I do feel, you know, I guess I've realized so much more now stepping away from the podcast that I don't think I was able to give 100% authentically anymore to that project i just wasn't feeling the passion for it as much anymore and, and yet listen you have to give becca a lot of credit if she wasn't feeling the passion and was able to turn down basically easy money at that point because she wasn't feeling it good for her now my thought is and this is where i i kind of still have that scarcity mindset where i go oh in 30 years, you're going to be wishing you kept doing that cash cow because your influencer income or whatever might might go away. You know, you, and it is true to an extent. If you're a bachelor alumni, there are very few bachelor alumni that have been able to maintain that that influencer revenue usually just slowly dies down. You get a million followers and you slowly lose them as you become less relevant. I don't even mean that as an insult. Becca has done a good job of being a sort of like firecracker, headline inducing, uh, controversial alumni. So she's been able to stay relevant out there in a world where not many people do. I mean, she's done very well, probably the most successful alumni that didn't finish in the top whatever. Uh, so good good on her for that and also good on her for walking away from something that wasn't bringing her joy and that's like that's not really anything no, personal shifted. but i just felt burnt out and it, it just didn't feel like the right path for me anymore i mean we were doing two episodes a week for like four years pretty much without any break i was tired and just starting to do this kind of stuff I just feel excited again. I feel passionate again and refreshed. I think I would love to do a podcast again if I felt called to it. And I'd also love to guest on Jess and Evans. I don't think we feel centered enough to be like, this is what our podcast is gonna be and this is what our topics of discussion are gonna be. And Actually kind of tying into that. Listen, if they do a podcast, they're gonna have to get better audio. I, I'm boosting this as loud as possible. And also the video, and again, not to, not, to, not to hate on them, if someone had told me this was found footage from the 80s, I would believe it just because they sort of dress in this sort of um, uh, uh, in stylish way. I mean, it is style, but like you can't tell that it it looks like a vintage video and it's uploaded in 720p with poor audio and poor video quality. So if you're wondering, Dave, I'm watching this, but you have a bad quality version. This is the best quality they have. You're gonna need you're gonna need to up that game. Take some of that influencer money, buy a Sony A7C, get a nice Tamron lens, shoot it in 4K, put a couple lavalier mics, boom, you got it. I got like a couple questions that I feel like are sort of related. Someone said, how do you have bravery to step away from projects where you're making good money? And tied into that, someone said, after your social media break, do you wish you had income not so reliant on it? I guess for me, I have always had the perspective and I think it's a pretty privileged perspective, but I think it's an important one nonetheless. If something's not making me happy, if it's like sapping the joy out of my life, I guess it's a really dramatic way of saying it. But like, if I'm not feeling called to what I'm doing anymore, 
then I don't want to be doing it and kind of no amount of money is really worth it to me. If I wanted to get off of social media, I mean, we would just scale back our lifestyle. We would move into a smaller home or rent an apartment and maybe I'd go back to nannying or do some sort of in-home daycare. I get stressed thinking about this, but good for them for like scaling back if 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 they were to get off social media. Not to mention, if all, it seems like most of Becca's um, money comes strictly from Instagram. That could go away at any time. That could the fads can change. Everyone can move over to another platform. It is it is like pretty scary to think that you you like having that podcast. It's it's almost like. You, you, you hate to say it, but it's like, I, my, this is what I would say. This is I, I appreciate and respect Becca for walking away. But for me, it's like, what if that podcast pays for your kid's education or for their health care for the rest of their lives? Like, like for me, it's like, can't, it wasn't that hard. You weren't digging ditches. You weren't, you know, uh, you know, paving, you know, uh, working on hot asphalt in the summer. Like, and, and again, she mentioned it's a privileged place to say I no longer need it. My, my guess is, is that she's done so well on Instagram and has so much money saved up that at some point the the extra money's not worth anything. They always say like after you make 200 or 300 whatever it is thousand a year, after that you don't feel any lifestyle changes. Like it's like you're kind of doing just okay. But because you know influence the influencer lifestyle doesn't give you um, any sort of retirement plan, you do need to cash in as much as possible cuz you don't know how long it's going to last. Whatever, but I don't think I'm I don't think I'm quite at that place yet with social media. I'm still enjoying aspects of it and get excited to share certain things, but good money means I can do things, but I'm spending my time not being as happy as I could be to make that money. My time is kind of, and how I'm spending it and how much I enjoy it is kind of more important than the money that I'm getting out of it. I don't know without being too heady. It's, it's the modern day Marxist dilemma. The mission that we're on in our lives right now is realizing we do have a lot of choices and how we can spend our time. We really don't have any excuse at all to be spending our time in ways that are out of alignment. And neither me or Becca are fulfilled with financial goals. I always just think about like, you know, some of my favorite memories in the last year had absolutely nothing to do with, well I shouldn't say absolutely nothing to do with money, but getting to go work on the cop houses and doing that kind of stuff. There's so many people out there living their life, making a few hundred bucks a month for their family and they've just catered their lifestyle to not have to make as much cash. Rent cheap land and they've literally built their house out of mud and like volunteer work on a farm on the weekend to get their food. And I think that there's like a big pressure, external pressure in our society that more than you need is exactly what you need. And that if you don't want to have like a very high excess of things you just frankly don't need, not just money, just space, private space that you don't actually need, toys, do that. All right, so no need to keep up with the Joneses, as they're saying, and I respect that absolutely. I mean, I'm kind of the same way. Um, we we spend most of our money on food, which really is just um, experiential. Like we're spending the money on trying new cuisine, going to new places, traveling a lot. Um, you guys know me; I'm a pretty basic guy with my flannels and a 20 year old vehicle. Although it would be nice to to upgrade that a little bit. Uh, but you know, like again, it, it just comes down like for me. Personally, I would never turn down, 
in in you know I mean I, you would have to hate I mean I, I asked this question to my wife I said could you imagine making six figures a year having a podcast with someone you don't like and I'm not saying that Becca doesn't like Jess but clearly the experience for them was so burnt out that it makes you just wonder like what made that so hard have a Dunkin Donuts iced coffee power through it and cash the checks but like I said if they're making so much money on Instagram, if she's made X amount of money and has all these investments lined up, then it's just the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Here's what they have to say about whether or not they're actually married. Now in my Instagram bio, let's talk about our secret wedding over my social media break. No, we didn't get married. No marriage. Marriage. And honestly, like- I think like, we made our own private covenant. Sure, I would like to have it <laughs> be like a registered thing. But it's really frustrating right now. All the all the venues are booked. Great. Neither of us have inquired into any venues. I look. Neither of us have inquired into any venues. Back to what I was saying. We have not looked into any because venues. I don't have to because everyone's already told me what the deal is. Right. And all I have to say is welcome to the wonderful world of wedding planning. You know what I mean? They already sound so discouraged and it is. It's like planning a wedding. It's like so it's so much unneeded stress, but it's kind of a good thing as far as the relationship goes for learning how to communicate with your partner. If you make it out alive, you probably learn a little bit about each other, how to budget, how to, you know, what what type of flowers you like and all the others. Uh, who's a real friend who got invited? But of course, I'm sure so many, so many relationships end in the wedding planning phase uh, or they just go to Vegas that the reason why Vegas uh, chapels exist is because people are like how much to do a wedding let's just go to Vegas and then they do and speaking of a couple that never made it to the altar here's what Nick Vial has to say about Nate this is a fascinating fascinating story have a listen Michelle commented on a couple different guys she said that she actually wanted to send clayton home earlier on her season but wasn't allowed to oh so i thought that was interesting kind of no shit right yeah wait she wasn't in the clayton clayton the man who came in eighth who yeah. got they, sent home on his one-on-one right i was gonna say like in a museum it was like a yeah. boring museum day so of course the the uh, the assumption there is clayton was kept around because they wanted to groom him for the next bachelor and michelle didn't wasn't really into him and of course they they joke because that's pretty common on every season that that happens it's or yeah. something. you took him on a date just to send him home yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we know. All right. Anyway. And she also spoke about Nate and their relationship ending. Um, she said say? it was my dream ring. Apparently her that was really? her dream ring. Wow. She loved the like pear shape. And she was saying for future engagements, she's going to have to figure out a new ring because she's not going to be doing a repeat. She can't get a dream you ring again. The ring. Yeah. Would you want one that looked exactly the same? I'm mm. just surprised. It was that she got her dream ring through Neil Lane. I mean, and they ripped wonderful. it back out of her hands. Yeah. Neil yeah. Lane ripped it back yeah. out. <laughs> what else she How said? much control do you have over the rings? Not much. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. She said, I wanted the relationship to work. I was willing to put in the work for the relationship, and I had the person take off. Ooh. That's not something that I bluntly said before, because Instagram, and there's all these other things you know, but I know what it looks like to work through a relationship, and I know how hard relationships can get. But both people have to be capable of doing that. Those are those are harsh words. Those are harsh words. But also, what everyone was screaming and telling her her entire season with Nate mm-hmm. that he wasn't emotionally mature. He had never been in a relationship before. He didn't know what it meant to be 
in a difficult place. Yeah, I don't know, but we so, have- so now we're going to hear from Nick, who he he hears the harsh words from Michelle that Nate took off, and maybe maybe Nate did take off, but why did he take off? We had the pleasure of talking with Nate. I also oh. had the pleasure of talking with Nate. Offline, Solo, yeah, and and on the show, and and Nate was very generous with his truth. Right, I remember the headlines uh, coming from that. Yeah, his truth. I mean, like everyone has their, <laughs> and, and they didn't work out. So clearly, they weren't on the same page. I think uh, I know Nate felt like he he survived that relationship. Wow. And I don't think I'm. Wow. Oh, I'm not overselling that. I'm underselling right. it. Yeah. Jeez. But does he have anything to compare that to? He was never in a relationship. Before. I don't think you need to compare it to have to any, feel like to you know survived what, something. Knowing what happened. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Nick says knowing what happened. So we don't know. We're just a bunch of plebeian Roman township, you know, towners here. So we don't know what went down. But Nick said Nate said he survived the relation. Nate's a survivor. I'm a survivor. Uh, he's a- what could possibly have happened that Nate survived a relationship? A- and was it because of Michelle or was it because of the scrutiny of, of other people? But it looks like Nick's about to place that blame on Michelle. Ow. And the shit that went down in that relationship. Oh, my God. Uh, and Nate shared some of it, but like that was tip of the iceberg type of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Tip of the iceberg, uh, tip of the iceberg type of stuff right there. So uh, what do you guys think? You know, audience, my fine power listeners out there, what do you guys think? I mean, yeah, they broke up. Of course, you know, he was living in Texas. She's Minnesota, wanted to buy a home. Um, uh, Did he feel like he quit his job for her and he was going to move for her and all these other things? uh, Like what, what could have happened where he feels like he had to end? It was so bad he had to end it when they're on-screen love was so strong what the hell went down after the show ended and i think so nate for bachelor now is that what you're saying maybe i I think nate's a a plus person i've gotten to know him i think he's a real genuine down-to-earth guy and i think he really cared about michelle and i think he was really in love with her and i think he busted his ass to try to make that relationship work and then uh i felt i i I think he felt like he had no choice. It was either his like mental health and his well-being or that relationship. Wow. Mm-hmm. Let's get him on paradise. So, yeah, I mean, this is fascinating stuff. This fell through the cracks. This is uh, from Nick's podcast, uh, Nick's episode, Bachelor Recap with Julia Cunningham. Go listen to the full thing. It's from six days ago. But fascinating stuff here that Nick saying Nate did everything he could to make it work. As we know, Nate was on the podcast. Um, let's see here. Uh, Nate was on the podcast. I'm trying to go back to where the interview started. Um, just how long ago was this? Five months ago. Um, whoever reached out to him, my Instagram profile, and she DMs me and is like, hey, you have two days to apply before we close this. And I didn't reply to her because I was like... There's now, like- Nate gets called the F-boy, and he says here, I'm not an F-boy. And it's kind of sad. I mean, for the most part, he's... Was at least initially accused of being an f boy because he's six foot six and gorgeous looking. I mean, for the most part, you see a guy and you go, "Oh, that guy's trouble," and we understand because he's a catch. At least physically speaking, the first thing we notice about him. 
He seemed to be great on the show. He didn't panic or uh, ruminate or have any of those things. Michelle chose him. And then the question everyone asked was, did, Mich- did Michelle choose the guy she would have dreamt to be with, like her knight in shining armor? And, and Versus, was there a guy on the show that was a more realistic match? And you never know the answer to these things. The show never works out. I do feel like that's the like root of so many br- relationships ending is the one person being like, we can fight through this. Like, mm. don't give up on me. And the other person being like, no, like yeah. enough is enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was just like it, it all depends. You know, yeah. if you're again, like I if you want to fight for a relationship, that's awesome. But like you, <laughs> you can't be the one <laughs> making being the reason why he's he's what's happening right here nick's not having a stroke you guys what's happening here is he's saying he's thinking about all the things he knows and he's trying to not say what he knows so if you don't mind let's zoom in on his face and try to read his mind okay? I, if you want to fight for a relationship that's awesome but like you <laughs> you can't be the one link twice tell us yeah <laughs> being the reason why there's so much to fight f- for so to speak mm or yeah. about yeah. what the hell was that and again i'm not blaming nick he is literally like walking the fine line of telling us what he knows my dms are open you can tell me nick i won't tell anyone fingers crossed okay uh double double erases i have okay whatever um so very fascinating stuff now of course um his producers are going to push back and say well maybe you only heard one side of the story yeah hmm. Anyways, strong words by Michelle. Strong yeah. words. Michelle was so polished throughout the entirety of her yeah, season. Anymore. Yeah. And anymore. well, I think there's a part of her that maybe just wants to be a little bit more raw and honest. And I can totally imagine how from her perspective, it was like it, these were little things to her that you could survive. And she must have felt really like abandoned and walked out on versus from Nate's perspective. He's like, I know this too is much. not a healthy place at all for me. I know too much. Mm. There's no way to interpret it as like. Well, they could have this interpretation and they could, you know, it's just like. But did you- okay, Nick says he knows too much. Comment below. What does Nick know? Scotty doesn't know that Fiona. Do you talk me. to Michelle the same kind of in-depth? No, but I saw receipts. Okay. Anyway, I could be wrong. You're right. I wasn't there. And this is why Nick's podcast is successful. He's not afraid to share some insights to what he knows. Now, we have to remind Nick, don't judge others for exposing receipts that maybe vindicate them, you know, from the from being mischaracterized when Nick doesn't share the receipt, but implies he has proof that Nate was the uh, sort of on the on the right side of that breakup and I don't I don't generally um, not believe Nick I'm sure he does but of course I'm sure there's more truths to whatever uh, text messages he has seen because of course no guilty party is going to share uh, you know uh, information that would incriminate themselves but we know it takes two to tango uh, but uh, like I said I mean we can't like uh, we can take the kid gloves off and treat Michelle like an adult I think everyone was so gentle with Michelle because she is a teacher and she is nice and soft-spoken and all these things but you know i think we'd all be curious to know what the hell actually went down out there and uh, if they decide not to tell us that's fine too all right we got a busy week ahead it's my last week before i head to indonesia don't worry i'm still gonna have podcasts available for you guys while i'm on the other side of the world i've got my 
trusty little mobile podcasting unit. I will be here for you. All I ask in return is that you are here for me. Make sure to subscribe, follow, like, review. If you haven't already, subscribing and following on Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone is the best thing you can do to help us keep growing this podcast. I've got several big podcasts I'm going on. I was just invited onto one of the biggest Bachelor podcasts in the world. I don't have a date set yet, but I promise you I'm going to work my butt off to make this podcast the most successful afternoon daily podcast out there. And I'm here for you. If you want some non-Bachelor news, let me know. I can kind of start throwing in some other celebrity news as we can do whatever the hell we want out here. But I appreciate all the support. I truly do. Thank you all for being out there. And if you want more content, um, today's Patreon was a good one. Patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Private membership content. I shared the behind-the-scenes green room of Katie Thurston and my stand-up show from this past Wednesday. So I'm going to be sharing some exclusive content over there if you want to check it out. All right. Well, until tomorrow, I've been Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour.